It is Tuesday, June 27th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm A.J. Hoffman. LSU wins the College World Series. And Connor McDavid adds to his trophy case. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The LSU Tigers absolutely hammer Florida en route to a national championship. Connor McDavid wins his third Hart Trophy as the NHL's most valuable player. But AJ, the lead is going to be the LSU Tigers. There it is. And for the first time since 2009 and seventh overall, the Tigers can say we are champions. 18 to four, a day after Florida tied the College World Series record for most hits in a single College World Series game at 23. LSU broke that record, getting 24 hits en route to an 18-4 win. Absolute smash job by LSU. And Langford, who's been kind of the best player for Florida all year, he's the guy who's talked about as like a a top three pick as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, He hit a home run. Uh, The first guy got on. Second guy was Langford. He homers. It's two nothing Florida right out of the gate. Uh, that was about the end of the. the and now success. you're and, and now you're sitting there and you're saying, man, they should have started Paul Skeens. They're down two nothing already in the national championship game, and and the best pitcher is not available or maybe available later in the game. But then the top of the second inning happened, AJ, and in the top of the second, LSU, a walk a single, another single to score a run, then a ground out, then a walk, then a hit by pitch, then a walk. Then LSU takes a 3-2 lead after that. And Florida decides to pull Gaglione from the mound. Yeah. And you disagree with this. He's their Otani. He's the... uh, Yeah. He's normally their first baseman. He's the best hitter on... Or one of the best hitters on their team and one of the best pitchers. Uh... I kind of disagree. I mean, he was struggling, certainly, but I always think about Just it this way. Just in that way. inning alone, he walked three guys and hit a batter, right? And gave up, and gave up two singles. He gave up three runs before they and and blew the two two nothing lead. Gave up three runs over the course of two innings, not even two innings. When else do we panic over things like this and say, "Oh my God, get him out of the game"? But this this was game this was game this is like game seven this was game three of the national championship. And this is what I always say when they do this in in the World Series in Major League Baseball, like it, it, when they pulled Blake Snell. You mentioned that a couple you know a couple right. weeks ago, I think. If this was your like when you made the decision as the manager to start this guy, you said this is our best arm tonight. This is our best option to get a win here. So after three runs. You say, nope, not our best option. Not our best option. I'm going to go to one of the worst options that I said no to earlier. But now we're down one run. Panic, panic. I don't know. I'm not I'm not saying he would have gotten out of it. I don't know that he would have. But if if he's as good as, and again, I'm, I haven't watched a bunch of Florida Gators games this mm-hmm. season. But what I've seen of that kid is he's he's got some good stuff. I mean, he was in he was 99 to, uh, last night. Like he was getting it up there. 
I like to see him work through some troubles. And after he leaves the game, I mean, the, the floodgates opened. And, and whoever they brought in yeah. was, like I said, a lesser option or was perceived as a lesser option. And LSU treated them as such. So this, this is what it reminded me of. Uh, and I'm thinking back years and years ago. Luis Severino, in one of his first few seasons for the New York Yankees, started the wild card game against the Minnesota Twins. It was 2017. In the first inning, gives up a solo home run to the leadoff batter, then walks a guy and gives up another home run. He gives up three runs and only records one out. Okay. And there's two men on base. And Joe Girardi says, the game is on the line. Our season's on the line. I got to take this guy out. So he pulls Luis Severino. Chad Green comes in, strikes out the next two guys, and gets through the top of the first inning. The Yankees respond with three in the bottom of the first, and then the rest is history. The Yankees go on to win that game 8-4. Girardi made a calculated decision at that point that even though I got a, a great pitcher on the mound who's had a terrific season, and he's obviously my top option here starting the wild card game, he gave up three runs in the top of the first inning. I got to pull him. And I'm sure Florida's manager last night was thinking, my season's on the line. This is the championship. I can't let this guy give up a grand slam right now. He's He can't find the zone. He's walked three guys. He's given up three hits. He's hit a batter. And we lost a 2 nothing lead. I don't care it's the second inning. You're out of the game. You got to trust your bullpen then to get you out of it. Unfortunately, they didn't. That's what I was going to say. Like it, you, you gave an example of a time when it worked. I mean, we, the guy that we were talking about, Blake Snell, when and he was actually pitching really well. He left the game one nothing, and they didn't want him to see the lineup the third time through. It's too much well, of an well, advantage. That's different. That's different. I'm talking. The, the example that I'm giving is just like it's last too night, short of a leash, where there's a, a pitcher struggling with your season on the line. And what would have been a worse criticism? What you're doing this morning by critiquing the manager for pulling a guy and his bullpen gives up three more runs, and so now you're down six to two, or if he left him in and the next guy hits a grand slam and they're down six to two. Same result. You're down six to two after the second after the top of the second inning. But in one version, it was Caglianone who gave up the six runs. In the other version, it's what happened last night where the bullpen did it. Here's why who gets more criticism. Here's why I was I would say you get more criticism if if the bullpen guy gives up the home run. Because if if the if the, your starter is your best pitcher, it makes sense why you trust him more than this. It, this isn't like this isn't the first time you've ever seen these guys play baseball. Mm -hmm. Like for the manager, he he's been with these guys all year. He knows who he trusts, who he doesn't trust. Like so, he made the decision. I I know this guy who's pitching now is the better pitcher, but I'm going to go with this lesser pitcher because the better pitcher is struggling. That's where I. That's why I have criticism. Like if if you're going to lose, lose with your best guy on the mound. That's what you said about. That's why you said I I'd hate myself if I lost the championship game with my best arm on the bench. He was their best arm. He struggled for a, an inning. And they put and they put him on the bench. And do you think they should have pulled him earlier? I I can't say that because in the top of the second inning it was a walk and then a wild pitch and a single. So it's like all right, you're up two nothing. There's two runners on. What are you going to do? Next guy gets a single, scores a run. 
You get the first out with the fielder's choice, right? So now you have first and third with one out, perfect double play situation. He walks a guy to load the bases. At that point, you're still just a ground ball away from getting out of this inning. When he hits the next batter with a pitch, right? Now I'm starting to have concerns. Now it's 2-2. When he walks the next guy, that's where the manager pulled the trigger, and I agreed with him there. I think you gave him a chance, and we're talking about Kevin O'Sullivan, who's the Florida manager. And you know what? Of course. By the way, the guy that he walked with the bases loaded Mm -hmm. was Dylan Cruz. Yes. Like, would you have preferred him groove one over the plate to him? No. I mean, if you're going to walk anybody, like, Mm -hmm. with the bases loaded, it sounds like that's the guy to walk. I'm not saying he did it on purpose, but I'm saying. The pitches weren't even close. You you don't want to, like, you you don't want to throw something fat to that guy for sure. I don't know. Like I said. Let's hear from Kevin O'Sullivan after the game. You know, after his first, I thought he was going to be dialed in. Um, Don't really have an answer of what happened other than we lost control of the strike zone. And then, you know. You know, if you look at this, the last three games that we played here, you know, we may not have gotten as much out of our starters that we probably needed to, quite honestly. So we had to go to our pen in the fifth and the third and now today the second. And when you start using the same pitchers in multiple games in the same weekend, so to speak, a three-game series, you can kind of get exposed a little bit. And I think we probably flirted with a little bit of fire with that. And knowing that today, that if that did happen, where Jack kind of lost control of strike zone, and we had to go to the pen early, that was probably not going to be in our best interest, quite honestly. Well, that's the money quote right there. You know, they didn't get enough from their starting pitching, and Cagliano lost the lost lost control of the zone. I, I think that what he mentioned in, in like when you really listen to what he said, and this was him talking yesterday on Monday. He said, "Yesterday we got." Less than th- we got less than three innings out of our starting pitcher in a game they won by twenty runs. Mm-hmm. That goes back to well, he taxed his bullpen. Yeah, so don't you want to get linked out of your starter yesterday? Like yeah, but they but they weren't up by twenty runs when they took him out yesterday. No, they weren't by Sunday. four. Like four runs isn't a small lead. Yeah, and if you're panicked that this guy might hit a grand slam, then you're you're overthinking. Like you have you have to think that my guy can get their guy out. And if you don't think that, then you don't think your team's a championship team. They were down. They were up 7-3. to three. The starter, Waldrip, on Sunday had already given up three runs. This was his third time through the lineup. Mm-hmm. Tommy Tanks, Tommy White was coming up to the plate with the bases loaded and one out. One swing can tie the game right there with a the grand slam. And he had already homered against Florida in game one. They knew they know his power. He had an RBI single in his second at bat. I don't think they. You just don't want you're, you don't want Waldrop to face him a third time. If you know his power, like the, again, it depends. Do you trust more your starter or your bullpen guys? I'd like to give him another look. I, I don't want him to face the starter again. Yeah, I, I, and specifically last night, I and by the way, Tommy White was up against against a starter last night when they pulled him too. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I go with the guy. I, I go with my my best dude, the dude that I said, you know what, you're starting the championship game. Yep. And if I, I, once I make that decision, I know I'm winning or losing with that guy. And I, I feel like you have to be okay with that one way or the other. Yeah, there was bases loaded. They pulled the pitcher to face uh, Tommy White, and they put in Fisher, the reliever. And what happened? Well, Tommy White got an RBI single. Oh, <laughs> so, no. You know, <laughs> so it backfired. And then they were way. only up, what, two runs? So, I mean, yeah. <laughs> again, a game that they ended up winning by 20 runs. 
they used over six innings mm-hmm. of bullpen arms. Like that's just it's because they panicked early, and I think that happened yesterday too. It's it's interesting, and I'm sure it's a decision that uh, people will think about for the entire offseason leading into next season. And I wonder, McKenzie, do we have the odds to win the national championship of men's college baseball for next season? This, by the way, was the seventh national championship for LSU. Uh, Florida had not won a national championship since they beat LSU back in 2017. Yeah, and LSU now moves into sole possession of second place all time for national championships with seven. They were tied with Texas before yesterday. Uh, now they stand alone in second with seven, only behind USC's 12. It may take a while to uh, for someone mm. to catch USC. We do not have odds. This isn't the WNBA. This isn't a professional sports league. <laughs> Yeah, this is. Uh, yeah, it'll come up later on, but I, I don't think. I, I think you, team, the books certainly want to see, and I would think betters want to see what players are coming back, who's going into the draft. Uh, they, you know, they mentioned on last night's broadcast, Skeens is a guy who could help a team this season. That's what I said. I said he could be in the major leagues this year, and it's like. He's going to go to the Pirates or the Nationals, and then it's like, oh, well, maybe they don't need him this season. <laughs> maybe it's not a good idea. And you know what? I was glad that LSU, because they, they warmed him up for a good while. Mm-hmm. Like uh, he, did, he went through his whole routine, I guess, in case they needed him. But I'm glad that LSU didn't end up throwing him out there, in, in, especially in a meaningless game or a meaningless spot where mm-hmm. they were up, you know, with a massive lead. Uh, but yeah, he, he apparently was ready to go. He wanted to go, uh, which is no surprise. It's hard to, to tell these athletes uh, it, that caliber of athlete. Try, it's hard to try to tell them no, but sometimes it's for their best interest. And I would say when a team's up 18 to four, it, you know what? We're going to, we're going to rest you tonight, bud. So the last time the pirates, the pirates have the number one overall selection. Last time they had the number one overall selection was 2021 and they took Henry Davis, uh, who recently called up Henry Davis, recently called up Henry and Davis. And when was he the number one pick? 2021. 2021. Okay, okay. And last year's number one overall pick, just by the way, Jackson Holiday made headlines yesterday because he was announced as a part of the MLB All-Stars Futures game. So congratulations to last year's number one overall pick, the Sun of former all-star Matt Holiday. And the Nationals, the last time they had the number one overall pick, 2010, Bryce Harper. Yeah, he worked out. Yeah. <laughs> Year before that, number one overall pick, Steven Strasburg. Who's got the third pick in this draft? The Detroit Tigers. The Detroit Tigers with the third pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's talking about this Wyatt Langford kid for Florida. Yep. And remember, he's he hit the longest home run in college World Series history. On on Sunday, 456 feet. That's a lot. Uh, he is loaded with power. So uh, it sounds. And they they were saying on the broadcast last night. Again, I'm not a college baseball expert, they, but they were saying any other year, mm-hmm. this is the kind of player who would go number one overall. These two LSU players are just freaks of nature, and this season happened to be in the same draft as him. Yeah, Dylan Cruz projected number one. Paul Skeens projected number two. Wyatt Langford is projected number three. Dylan Cruz only four hits yesterday, though. I mean, <laughs> step your game up in the big moment. How common is that to have the three best college players all in the same game to end the season? I would have to say it's pretty rare. Like, I mean, there's no way that could – I know this. 
Cruz was the fourth player in history to win the Golden Spikes Award as like the best college baseball player and a national title in the same year. So it's it's a pretty rare thing for the best players to even be at, in that championship. Well, if you look at just the the history of like national champions and like number one overall picks, I'm just trying to think of the last time a national champion had the number one overall pick, and you might have to go back to. Uh, uh, no, I think Dansby Swanson in 2015 played for Vanderbilt, but I think Vanderbilt lost the College World Series that year. So I, I'm I, I I may it never happen. What for a national champion to have the number one overall pick? I mean, you're the baseball expert. You're looking mm. at the list. You don't see any connections. Nothing's clicking. So uh, we edited because we did a little research here and did our own research. We did our own research. It's happened one time in Major League Baseball draft history that the number one overall pick won the national championship that season. And it was the very first Major League Baseball draft in 1965. And it, in 1965, Rick Monday was taken by the Kansas City Athletics. He played for Arizona State. And in 1965, Arizona State defeated Ohio State to win the College World Series. It's Rick Monday day. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, no other number one overall pick, because a lot of them were high school players, right? But no other number one overall pick won the national championship that season. We had two that came close, and two, these are interesting. In 1978, Bob Horner was the number one overall pick. He played for Arizona State. In 1978, Arizona State lost the national championship to USC, but Arizona State won the national championship the year before, 1977. So Horner did win the national championship, but it was just the year before. And the same thing happened with Dansby Swanson, who played for Vanderbilt, and he was the number one overall pick in 2015. In 2015, Vanderbilt lost the national championship to Virginia, but they won it the year before in 2014. So Swanson won the natty in 2014 and then lost it the year that he was drafted the number one overall pick. But that's interesting. This... Dylan Cruz or Paul Skeen. Right, either whichever, one. Whichever of them goes number one, it'll be the first time since the first time that a, a player was drafted number one overall that won the national championship. Imagine this Wyatt Langford goes number one overall. Yeah, it just ruins it. <laughs> ruins all our good research. It would have been amazing if it was like the Pirates who had that pick, that you know, in 1965. But no, Pirates uh, do not. But they do this year. Did not, but they do this year. All right, and that is the last time we will talk about college baseball for about 51 weeks. So <laughs> Yeah, about uh, 360 you, days, maybe. Yeah, we'll see you yep. guys uh, next year around this time. We'll be back. <laughs> we'll be experts again. Don't worry. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. How's your social battery right now, AJ? I know sometimes I get drained, and it could be easy to ignore your social battery and just spread yourself too thin, you know, especially when it comes to social gatherings and maybe just things you're not in the mood for. Well, do you know the right amount of socializing you need to do to keep yourself balanced? Therapy can give you that self-awareness and you can build basically your routine that reflects what you need personally. Everybody's different in this way. That was a big driver for me when I was in therapy. I got a lot out of it and it's so easy here Give BetterHelp a try if you've said, I don't want to go out of my way to do this. It's all online. It's as convenient as can be, and it's suited to you. It's simple. Just fill out a brief questionnaire, get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch at any time. 
for no additional charge. Find your social sweet spot with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Vegas today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Vegas. AJ, it's important to me that the supplements that I take every single day are of the highest quality. And that's why ever since they jumped the board as a sponsor with us, I've been drinking AG1. Because for AG1, quality isn't just a buzzword. AG1's ingredients are heavily researched for efficacy and quality. And I love that every scoop has prebiotics, probiotics, digestive enzymes for my gut support, B vitamins for energy. It's got the magnesium and ashwagandha for stress support, also testosterone support, vitamin C and zinc to support my immune system. I don't get sick anymore. Well, you're welcome for introducing you to AG1. Yeah, but uh, I mean, this stuff is incredible. And so many people have asked me, are you just reading commercials? No, man. AG1 is actually legit. And there's a reason why I drink it every single day. It just makes taking care of my health so much easier in general. So if you want to replace your multivitamin and more, start with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 plus K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first subscription at drinkag1.com slash SOV. That's drinkag1.com slash SOV. Check it out. From college baseball to the majors well, we Before go. we go to Major League Baseball, one more thing on college. LSU is good at every sport. Except men's basketball because they had to fire their coach because he's a cheater. <laughs> but, like, they won the women's championship. They won the college they won baseball the women's, championship. Women's basketball, basketball championship. championship. Yep. Uh, and then, like, they won the SEC West in football. They freaking beat Alabama. Like, that. they're good at everything. How did, I mean, how did LSU become this powerhouse? Well, here's, all right. So, you want a list of the current Division yes. One champions in sports? Over, under... Two and a half schools to have multiple men's national championships. What would your guess be? Oh, under two and a half. Correct. Only two schools have multiple championships this year. And they are? Cal, national champions in swimming and diving and water polo. Okay. Florida. Not real sports. National champions in golf and outdoor track. Okay, I'll give them one for two. Everybody, <laughs> everybody else has, it's all different schools that have won all the other sports. On the women's side, though, we have three schools that have won multiple national championships. Texas, outdoor track and volleyball, Stanford, rowing and water polo, and Oklahoma, gymnastics and softball. Oh, North Carolina as well, field hockey and tennis. Okay. So for the women's programs, those those schools have done well. For the men's, like I said, it's only Florida and Cal that have won multiple sport Division One championships. It just feels like every time we're talking about a championship, it feels like LSU's in the conversation. So I, I maybe I'm I'm overthinking it in my head, but man, they feel like their athletic program is strong right now. Well, then why don't you go there? I I don't I don't have an answer for that. Yeah. <laughs> don't have an time I'm picking up a degree. Yeah. No one's offered me a scholarship. <laughs> All right, let's get into Major League to Baseball. To swim at LSU. <laughs> I'll be there. Let's get into Major League Baseball. I mean, the All-Star break is fast approaching. We'll, it'll be here before you know it. Um, but let's talk about what happened last night where the pattern continued. Oh, you figured this. The puzzle's solved. The puzzle is solved. Uh, despite the fact that the Mets lost the game to the Brewers 2-1 and fall a season-high eight games, under 500, Justin Verlander continued his pattern. Since May 10th, Verlander's runs allowed go as followed. One, six, one, six, one, five, one, four. 
Zero! Verlander, five shutout innings against the Brewers last night. I was that had a good beat to it. I, I, that could be a New York, you know, anthem. I was really hoping he would allow one run. So it can, one. but but this is the thing though. He went one. One, he went one six one six, and then he went one five. So he was getting better, and then he went one four. So like now it's gonna go zero. I bet you next time it's three. <laughs> <laughs> That's the pattern. He's gonna allow three runs his next start. By the way, the Mets got there in the first five, as recommended on this show. Yes, Mets first five was the cash as Verlander again five shutout innings as the pattern continued, but. The team lost again, and as much as I love Buck Showalter and the job that he did last year, I think it might be time to say goodbye. Mm. Just to get another voice in there and to kind of show the players, sometimes you make a move for a move's sake. You ever hear that? Change for change's sake? I think it's not that Buck Showalter's not qualified to do the job. I think he's extremely qualified to do the job. But sometimes you just need to show the players that, like, you mean business, that you're serious about winning this year, and by firing Buck Showalter, it sends a message to the players, like, guys, the, the time to mess around is over with. Like, yeah. get your acts together because no one is safe. If our manager who led us to the playoffs last year and one of the best records in the league last year just got fired in his second season, none of us are safe. And you know the owner doesn't care about cutting you and, and just paying you the money because he's got more money than any owner in the right. sport. So, Yeah. I think uh, it would be the right move for them to part ways with Buck Walter and see if they can turn this thing around. Uh, last night, the Braves defeated the Twins 4-1. to one. So, Sonny Gray, Mackenzie, you had mentioned it would he, only one time in his career was he north of a plus-175 dog. Out of 250 starts. Yeah, the 250 starts. The Braves closed last night at minus-235, and the Twins on the comeback closed as plus-187. It looked good for a while. It was a one nothing Twins lead, and then it was a 1-1 game. And in the seventh inning, the bottom of the seventh, you know, A.J. likes to say, you know, the pitcher see a guy multiple three times through the lineup, <laughs> right? Take him out, whatever. Perhaps they left him in too long. As uh, He only gave up one home run, though, to Marcelo Zuna. And then Emilio Pagan came in. The runners that were on base were credited, or the runner that was on base was credited to Sonny Gray when Pagan gave up a home run to Ronald Acuna. The Braves scored three runs in the bottom of the seventh. They win four to one. So really, I always think that Major League Baseball should kind of, I know that they do keep these stats. Like you go to Fangraphs, you go to Baseball Savant, you could find like inherited runners and things like that. But there should be, it should be categorized differently in the box score. Sonny Gray should not be responsible for three runs last night. Only two runners scored off of Sonny Gray last night. How did he get charged with three? Explain it. Or- well, he was pulled from the game. There was a runner on base that was his responsibility. Okay. And the next guy gave up a home run. Doesn't matter if they're on first, second, or third. Yeah, I'm just saying. But the, the, the guy that was on base was on base because of Sonny Gray. I agree. But he didn't score because of Sonny Gray. Yeah. He scored because Pagan gave up. But a home he wouldn't run. have scored if Sonny Gray didn't put him in position. I agree, and that's why it's been this way for hundreds of years, for over hundred years. Okay, I, I thought, I thought there was some base. new reason why. No, no. Like, <laughs> I think they should change the scoring. Second or third base is your responsibility. First base, they're unlikely saying, to score. I, I would like, I would like the inherited runs scored to be in the box score. So it should be its own stat. You're saying, yeah, because it shouldn't be charged to the new pitcher either, right? I think it should be. He gave up two runs. But he's only responsible. Who for wants one of to them? be a relief pitcher then? <laughs> Don't give up the run. No one wants that job. It's like, 
<laughs> Imagine coming with the bases loaded. Uh, yeah, you get three. That's your responsibility. Man, I always hit three earned runs. I just always yeah. hated that when, like, every you know, time I'm a starting pitcher and I load the bases, I'd be like, ah, oh, my shoulder. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I gotta get out of here. It's on you now. <laughs> no, I always just always hated that when a guy comes out of the game and the announcer's like, and he's, the bases are loaded, and that's all AJ's responsibility. <laughs> I, I feel like it should be. I don't. I, we disagree it's, on this. It's not don't my load the bases. But anyway, uh, Braves win four to one. I had twins plus or one and a half so maybe i'm a little bitter because i thought uh, sunny gray did pitch well enough to you know only lose that game by one run <laughs> and not lose it by three runs uh the uh, orioles they win 10 to 3 over the reds so uh the, the reds, reds stay yeah now. they're back to losing how about this the tigers beating the rangers in texas seven to two andrew haney got roughed up and then the dylan cease dog day for the White Sox against the Angels, Angels win 2-1 in a walk-off. Oh. Game-ending wild pitch. Oh, some, I mean, some other jerk ruined Dylan Cease day for Dylan Cease. Well, Shohei Otani did hit his 26th home run of the season. Okay. So, oh, that, that's, that's yeah, good. and that was off of, you know, uh, Dylan Cease. Okay. Yeah. But uh, Mike Trout scored on a wild pitch in the bottom of the ninth. Angels win. Two to one. Let's take a look at the schedule for tonight. Those Reds will rematch with the Orioles, and this time they'll ascend. Andrew Abbott to the mound. Tyler Wells will get the start for Baltimore. Baltimore's minus 140, total of eight and a half. Padres are at the Pirates. You Darvish on the mound for the Padres. Rich Hill for the Pirates. San Diego's minus 178. And for this one, I'm going to look at a Padres team total over. Why? Because the Padres are one of the best hitting teams in baseball against left-handed pitchers. This is a play that I had when they went up uh, against the Giants when they faced the lefty uh, Alex Wood, and they tagged him big time with they scored 10 runs in that game, and then they had a similar situation again when they had to face uh, another lefty in Patrick Corbin for the Nationals, and they tagged him for seven runs. So I like the Padres against lefties. That's what I'm going to look for here against uh, Rich Hill and the Pirates tonight. The Giants will be at the Blue Jays. Kevin Gosman on the mound for the Blue Jays. Ryan Walker likely to be the opener for the Giants tonight. Marlins are at the Red Sox. Sandy Alcantara against Garrett Whitlock. Boston's minus 120. Mackenzie, is there any way to to see, like, the worst seasons for a reigning Cy Young winner? A couple of ones that stand out. Just pulled up an article here. Mark Davis, 5 ERA, 2-7 and seven record in 1990. Bartolo Colon, you might remember, 2006, 1-5 with a 5 ERA. Denny McClain, 1970, 4.6 ERA. That's not even that bad. That's like an average ERA. Well, What's Sandy this guy's Al- doing? Sandy Alcantara, the reigning National League Cy Young winner, is now 2-6 and six with a 5.08 ERA. He's going for the record. He's very close. 5.11 is the record for terribleness An- after a Cy Young. Another guy that you, you didn't mention but I think warrants mentioning because we've talked about this, this particular m- movie before that he was in, Pete Vukovic. I, I, I skipped him. That's a tough you name. You didn't want to say the name? <laughs> yeah. Pete Vukovic. Who? He ended up being the hitter for the Yankees in Major League. The guy with the the Clue Haywood? Yeah. <laughs> no, it was no, it was, was it Haywood? Was it yeah, the that's, uh, that's Clue Haywood? Yeah, yeah, that's right. The guy who had spit the big <laughs> chaw out. 
uh, going up against Charlie Sheen. Yeah, I mean, like, every time this guy sneezes, it looks like he's blowing a party favor. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so that was Pete Vukovic. Really? Yeah. Is Wayne Brady going to have to Vukovic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Alcantara, uh, as I mentioned, a 5.08 ERA. Boston Won't be invited to any movies anytime no, soon. No, no, not Step happening. Step your game up, scene. Uh Brewers and the Mets. It's going to be David Peterson for the Mets. Julio Tehran for Milwaukee. Mets are minus 140 in. I don't understand why. David Peterson, an 8.08 ERA in Tehran, has been on a tear since he came off the IL. 35 and a third innings pitched this year. He's only allowed six runs. And so that's lower than 5.08 ERA? Uh, yeah. That's, that's good. 1.53 ERA. And they, that guy's an underdog against David Peterson, one in six with an 8.08. ERA. I think that line's going to go down a bit. Twins are at the Braves. Joe Ryan Day uh, for the Twins. Bryce Elder for Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta's minus 155. Total is nine. I like the under in this one with these two pitchers. Astros are at the Cardinals. Framber Valdez, Jordan Montgomery for the Cards. Tigers at the Rangers. Martin Perez goes for the Rangers. Tigers not sure what they're going to do with their situation just yet. Ranger Suarez gets to start for the Phillies against the Cubs and Jamison Tyone. You have the Guardians at the Royals. Brady Singer going for the Royals and Gavin Williams uh, will get the start or yeah, I guess he'll get the start for the Guardians. Cleveland is favored in that one on the road. Dodgers at the Rockies. Clayton Kershaw on the hill for the Dodgers. Connor Seabold for Colorado. This is a Rockies team that lost two of three to the Angels, or excuse me, that won two of three from the Angels over the weekend, but still got tagged for 25 runs in a game on Saturday. They bounced back nicely on Sunday, but now they face Clayton Kershaw and the Dodgers. Dodgers are minus 305. On the road. On the road. (laughs) Minus 305. Five. In a game with a total of 12? Yeah. Seems like a high price to pay for a high-variance game. Just kind of feels like the Dodgers can score 12 by themselves. Probably. White Sox are at the Angels. Shohei Otani's pitching. Michael Kopech goes for the White Sox. L.A. is minus 205. So both L.A. teams, massive favorites tonight. Johnny Brito gets to start for the Yankees in Oakland against the A's. And Paul Blackburn. On the mound for the A's. Yankees are minus 140. That uh, seems like a low price for the Yankees against the A's. Sure, but it's the first game on a West Coast trip. and Brito sucks. Uh, Brito actually pitched really well his last time out against Seattle. That was the five and two-thirds okay. shutout innings. So maybe he's kind of finding his way. But also, it's it's Yankees just don't do well on the West Coast. So this is the start of a tough trip. And it's Paul Blackburn, who's the best pitcher. For the A's. Remember, he was their all-star last year. Uh, Rays are at the Diamondbacks. Taj Bradley goes for the Rays. Zach Gowan for the Diamondbacks. Ooh, home Zach Gowan. Home Zach Gowan. Arizona's minus 130. And let me remind you of home Zach Gowan. In 54 innings pitched, over eight starts at was it, Chase Field this season, Zach Gowan has a 1.00 ERA. Jeez. 1.00. ERA. That's better than 5.11 or whatever it was. And the way that the Rays struggled two out of the four games losing to the Kansas City Royals, first game on a on a road trip out west. Uh Zach Allen. Yeah. Zach Allen against Taj Taj Bradley. I'm going with my guy Zach. Nationals are at the Mariners, and Jake Irving gets a start for DC against Brian Wu for the Mariners. Seattle minus 225 
total of eight. As we get closer to the All-Star break, which is going to be in about two weeks, uh, All-Star game is Tuesday, July 11th. Home Run Derby is Monday, July 10th. We'll obviously go over the odds for the Home Run Derby. Um, it's going to be fun. Uh, you know, Julio. Rodriguez is going to be in it for the Mariners in his home stadium, so he's probably going to be the odds-on betting favorite to win this thing, especially with the performance that he had last year in his first home run derby as a rookie. Uh, but I also want to address, as we get to that midway point of the Major League Baseball season, uh, awards. Where are we in the awards race in both the American League and the National League? And where are we in terms of odds to win each division, odds to win the pennant, and odds to win the World Series. So we'll do plenty of that over the course of the Major League All-Star break in about two weeks from now. You just want to talk about how Zach Gallon's the favorite, and you picked him. And Shane McClanahan. This is, this is Scott yeah. beats his chest <laughs> yeah. time. Yeah. Although, and listen, I was wrong on a bunch of them. Like, I'm totally wrong on Jordan Alvarez. Well, that's because he got hurt. But <laughs> He always has an excuse. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt. If he wouldn't have gotten hurt, yeah. Uh, listen, I was totally wrong. Well, my long shot. Long shots don't Matt, count. If you're wrong, If you're wrong on a long shot... <laughs> if you're wrong, wrong on a long shot i don't think you could like take blame for that okay i mean if it's way wrong though like if it if it makes you look like what the hell are you talking about I, I, look xander bogarts was my long long shot in the national league to win the uh to win the mvp and what were his odds 100 to 1 okay and is he terrible or good He's having a good season. Okay, I mean, as he's long as now he... two hundred to one, so you lost a little bit of value, but well, you got a chance. I'm just saying, he's I would not say gonna... for the long shot, as long as a dude's not like, you know, sent down to the minors, like, <laughs> no. like if you said for my long shot, I'm going with Alec Manoa to win the Cy Young, and he, he's at seventy yeah. to one, and then he's in the minor leagues. It's like that's no. a you, can, you have to take some. Yeah. What if he wins the Cy Young of the minor leagues? Does that count? I think it's, they call it a different thing there. <laughs> yeah, doesn't count. But again, he's only the odds only went down on him because other guys go up. Right? So not because he's not as good? Well, he only has eight home runs this year. I thought he'd have a lot more. All right. Can't get them all right. Can't get them all right. But spe- speaking of National League MVP, we're going to have to talk about Corbin Carroll at some point because he could win Rookie of the Year and MVP. Has anyone ever done that? Ichiro. Ichiro Suzuki, 2001. Yeah. Great pull, AJ. And Fred Lynn? Fred, I, Li- Fred Lynn was the only player to do that. I didn't know that, that Fred Lynn had done it. Well, so. before Ichiro, he was the only player to ever do it. 1975. And then, yes, Ichiro. So it might be Corbin Carroll this year. He might be National League Rookie of the Year and National League MVP. Although Ronald Acuna might have something to say about that. Speaking of MVPs, the NHL Awards last night saw Connor McDavid win the Hart Trophy as the NHL's most valuable player for the third time in his career. He also won the Ted Lindsay Award as the NHL Players Association's most outstanding player. He won that for the fourth time, and he becomes only the third player to win that award four times, joining Wayne Gretzky, who won it five times, and Mario Lemieux, who won it four times. Now, AJ, I know you're looking at me. You're like, what's the difference? Uh, Picture it like the Maxwell Award and the Heisman Trophy. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep. Like, one award is for, like, the best player in college football is the Heisman Trophy, and the other award is for college football's most outstanding player. Which it's, it's most basically of the time, a, it's the same thing, yeah, okay. but it's voted on by two different committees. So you have you have instances where a Maxwell Award winner is not the Heisman Trophy, and uh, you have instances here where the Hart Trophy winner is not the NHLPA most outstanding player. Should we re- expose the results of our game that we played in pre-production? Correct. Uh, AJ said he could not pick Connor McDavid out of a lineup. 
So I showed him a picture of three Connors playing in the NHL. And he did pick Connor McDavid. I did. And but I think he cheated. I didn't cheat. I just I deduct. I used the powers of deduction. And one of the guys. Explain. One of the guys is like 14 years old. I said, okay, it can't be him. Well, it was Connor Bedard I showed you. Yeah. Yes, he is a baby. <laughs> Connor Bedard is 14 years old uh, and is about to be, in, I guess. He's going to be the number one overall pick for the Chicago Blackhawks. I guess tomorrow he'll be uh, drafted by the Blackhawks, allegedly. Unless maybe they'll make a really bad choice. Stop I don't know. it. But the other two options, one guy had like a, uh, a, a beard, a full beard, and looked kind of gruff. And then the other guy was a ginger. And I said, McDavid, it's got to be this ginger guy. Yeah, I showed you Connor Hellebuck, who uh, does have a beard. Yep. So, and clearly, my powers of deduction were very strong, and I was right. And that's who – so now I know at least vaguely what Connor McDavid looks like. (laughs) Yes, you do. Well, uh, Connor McDavid is the greatest player of this generation right now in the NHL. According to you. I mean, according to winning the MVP for the third okay. time. Okay, I was no- gonna go. I'll go with nominated Connor Bedard, five but- times. McDavid from the old Irish, McDavid. Ah, uh, exactly. Yeah, the old Irish McDavid. The elves went too far. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> McDavid led the league in points with 153 points, 30 points more than his previous uh, career high, and he became the first skater since Mario Lemieux in 95-96 to score 150 points. He also led uh, the league. Wait, now, wait a minute. When you say the first skater to score 150, has a goalie ever scored 150 <laughs> no, points? No. Because a that coach. guy is the fucking MVP. <laughs> yeah. He also won. That's the Otani of hockey. Like, <laughs> he also won the Rocket Richard Trophy, uh, career best 64 goals leading the NHL. This season, uh, other awards that were handed out, uh, Boston's Jim Montgomery won the Jack Adams award for coach of the year. Boy, uh, I, I know I've said this before, but it's like, has firing a coach ever worked out better? Like Bruce Cassidy gets let go by Boston and there's so much criticism for it. And Bruce Cassidy goes to Vegas and he's like, I'm just going to win a Stanley Cup. That was a good plan by him. And it was great. It worked out. And it showed that this guy is an incredible head coach. But the guy that they replaced him with won the Coach of the Year award and won an NHL record 65 wins and 135 points. Congratulations on your consolation trophy, Boston. uh, It's funny. Uh, Patrice Bergeron won the Selkie trophy. Um, It's the award given out to the best defenseman. It was the sixth time, or excuse me, best defensive forward, and he won it for the sixth time this season. The Bruins, Linus Allmark wins the Vezina Trophy as the league's best goaltender. He was 46-1 and this season. And uh, he finished ahead of Ilya Sorokin and Connor Hellebuck, who were second and third. Connor Hellebuck has a beard. Now now you know that. Uh, Rookie of the Year, the Calder Trophy, goes to Matty Beneers. And I have a feeling next year it's going to go to Connor Bedard. So you want to place your bets early on next year's Calder Trophy? Connor Bedard, who will be an overwhelming, like a Victor Wembenyama type favorite to be the rookie of the year next year. So it's maybe even more. Is he, there's no way he would play minor league hockey next year? I mean, that's always an option, but I don't think that this kid's once in a generation talent. He's going to be in the NHL next season. Like even the reigning MV, the reigning uh, rookie of the year, Matty Beneers, his rookie, he was the second overall pick in 2021. 
He played that year. Okay. And then he he didn't play enough. He played like 10 games. He was the rookie of the year then the following season, which was last year. But the Blackhawks made actually some moves yesterday, which leads you to believe that they envisioned Bedard playing this season. They traded for Taylor Hall and Nick Felino from the Bruins. And it, it gives them a top winger in Taylor Hall to play alongside Connor Bedard, who's a center. So I think the move was made to give him a guy who is a former MVP. Taylor Hall won the Hart Trophy several years ago. Uh, I think it's, it gives him a veteran presence on that top line and somebody that could help him, you know, in his transition in the uh, in the NHL. Does that mean the Bruins are blowing it up after one year? They, they've said enough. We can't we can't win this thing. No, let's, they, let's get rid of everybody. Well, they made a lot. They made trades during the season too. The Bruins to acquire some more players. They needed cap space. Okay. So they they saved or they cleared like eleven million dollars in salary cap space with this move. So that's what the Bruins were doing. Chicago, uh, second most cap space in the NHL. So maybe they're going to make some moves here. Got to, room to uh, build around this yeah, guy. Let's build, go. Build around Connor Bedard. By the way, there's odds on next year's awards, and these shocked me. Would you bet Connor McDavid even money to win the 2024 Hart Trophy? Oof. A lot of players in the NHL. Are you kidding me? Connor Bedard's going to be yeah. in the NHL now. <laughs> Not at even money's crazy odds. The actual odds are plus 125. Yeah, it's crazy. I've never seen anything I would, before a season. I would rather take like. Like Matthew Kachuk is like twelve to one, and he finished like third in the voting this year. Or even Connor McDavid's teammate Leon Draisaitl at ten to one, Austin Matthews sixteen to one, Jack Hughes of the Devils eighteen to one. These are guys I, I don't want. I, I want no part of a plus one twenty or even money, even though he is the best player. Jonathan no Marshall so is the best player now. We've already decided. Stud. Yeah, he's the best. So yeah, what what are his odds? 85 million to one. I'll take him. Let's do it. Not listed. Shohei Otani was plus 210 to win the MVP. I feel like that's the most that's her thing. And that's plus 210. This is plus 125. Well, now Otani's obviously minus a million, but to start the season, he's plus 210. I don't think you can put, I don't think you can wager on someone, no matter how good that guy is. Like, well, he's won it. uh, He won it in 2021. Well, he won it in 2017, but 2021 did not win it in 2022, did win it in 2023. So two of the last three years, he's won it. That doesn't warrant even money, though. No. Spe- like like McKinsey said, if, if Shohei Otani's not even money, it, it, nobody should be. But, like, if Otani wins it this year. You think he'll be even money he next, year? next year? Yeah. And that's the thing. Would That would be in the same situation, right? Because if yeah. Otani wins it this year. He will. Yeah, that, when he, wins, when, it when he year. wins it this year, that's two MVPs in three seasons. And then... He's the favorite going into next year. Would you make his odds what the book is making McDavid at right now? I guess I probably would. You probably would, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to yeah. bet it anyway. Why yeah. not just <laughs> minimize the payout? That's, that's wild. wild. Uh, hey, I was going to say hey, that's, yeah, wild. that's wild. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. That's how you know it's really wild. <laughs> going to introduce a, a segment to the show, I think, over the course of you know the summer. Because I do think things like this will carry its way during the dog days of the summer. And uh, it might change the name. We might change the name of the segment, but the premise is pretty much the same. And that is Dame Watch. (laughs) Dame Watch, Dame Watch, Dame Watch. 
Dame Watch, Dame Watch, Dame Watch. Let's bring in our reporter, Mackenzie Rivers, on the latest of Damian Lillard Watch 2023. What do we got, Mac? Well, I'm out here on the lawn of Damian Lillard's uh, Portland uh, mansion, and uh, he's not here. He's in another country, but uh, we're just here because it, it makes good visuals. And actually, real real news, actual reporting, actual move, a Neil moving reporting from Chris Haynes, who's a good friend, close relationship with Damian Lillard. Yesterday, he puts out a tweet that sent the NBA world on fire. Portland Trailblazers star Damian Lillard and his agent Aaron Goodwin are meeting with the team today to discuss the franchise's direction. Now, I imagine Damian Lillard talks to the Blazers from time to time, but he doesn't tell Chris Haynes that he's talking to the Blazers every day. That's the news. He's clearly sending the signal, I am on the market. Do we have odds on Damian Lillard's next team? Yes, and uh, they haven't changed. The Miami Heat are minus 250, the same odds they were over the weekend when Jimmy Butler sent out that Damian Lillard tweet, sending out one of his rap songs, saying, hey, I like this music. Maybe I like your basketball game, too. Miami Heat minus 250. The Brooklyn Nets are plus 250. Those are the two favorites. Here's a statement from Blazers GM Joe Cronin. Quote, I met with Dame and Aaron Goodwin this afternoon. We had a great dialogue. We remain committed to building a winner around Dame, end quote. I don't believe him. That's not true. <laughs> You're not committed to that. I think that's just like what you have to say to to, to maybe give yourself a little bit of leverage. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I just, I feel like his time is just run its course. He needs a new scenery. He and made I, public Blazers, that he didn't like the draft yeah, pick. He made Blazers public that he's having on. this meeting. Doesn't seem like he's there for the 22-year-old and 23-year-old to you know take him to the promised land. I, I He's got to get moved. Um, I don't know if it's going to happen in the next I don't think it's going to. So. I think it's going to happen mid-season. That's really? when the, the value goes up for these type of players. The Lakers or something have a, have a slump. Yeah, it, it, it seems to me it's going to happen December. Mark it down. But then why the reports come out now? Why leak the information now? Why? Because he wants it to happen right away. Well, that's what I'm saying. Maybe. So I think at some point he's going to force the team's hands. And there's going to be an arms race at some point this summer. You know when it's going to happen? I'll tell you when it's going to happen. It's going to happen in, it's going to happen in the next 12 days. Okay. Because That's a bold prediction. The NBA world will gather itself upon Las Vegas for the summer league and the summer league is not just an opportunity for rookies to play and for some assistant coaches to get some run as a head coach of a team. No. And it's not just a fun little tournament that's played here in Las Vegas starting on July 7th. What the NBA summer league has become is a convention. It's a gathering of who's who in the NBA. It's a time for GMs and agents to mingle with each other. Let's call it tampering. <laughs> because, the tampering convention. Because that is what is going to go on at Thomas and Mac coming up in about a week or so. We saw last year with Kevin Durant. That was the news. Who's playing? Who cares? Who did Sean Marks meet with was the news. Yes. And so I think once the agents and the GMs are all in town here in the next week or so, Damian Lillard gets traded. Would you guys care to bet me on that? Green button me on that? No. I think you're probably right. Even money, next 12 days, I'll take you on on that. July 7th is when it starts. So you got, so you I, got till when? I'll ha, then I, you got to give me 12 days. All right, all right. 
You got to give me. It's no. on. You, yeah, you got to give me 12 days. Because the Summer League ends on the 17th. So it's only 10 days. But you're going to give me two days after. Okay, but I want, actually, I already pressed the button. So the deal's official. 100 deal's bucks, official, yeah. But, but I would like to add, make it 105 if you win. Mm-hmm. And 100 plus Athletic Greens if I win. AG1, you got it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I don't know how many times I got to ask. <laughs> Mackenzie wants his AG1. I'll bring in his AG1. Uh, we also have a gift for you. If you go to pregame.com, you can take 20% off anything you'd like at pregame.com. Well, the first thing you have to do, which if you haven't done so already, I don't know what you're waiting for, but go to pregame.com and sign up for free. Become a member. And when you join as a new member, you get $25 just for signing up. Use that $25 on anything on the website, whether it's a daily best bet, which you just can get for free with the free $25, or take $25 off a seven-day all-access, a weekend all-access, maybe a, a bridge to football package for your favorite That's pregame right. pro. You know what Mary told me today? What's that? There are people that sign up for pregame.com, get the $25, mm-hmm. enter our contest, win our contest, yep. make thousands of dollars in their career, mm-hmm. As a pregame.com member, and never spend a dollar. That's a wild thing. That's Sign insane. Up. Sign we up. Run, we run contests all, it all takes. the time. Yeah. And, you can, and, and they're free to enter the contest as a pregame.com member. And, yes, you can win real cash prizes. And so let's say you're a pregame.com member. You sign up for free. You get your $25. Use that free $25 on a, on a best bet. Right away, that best bet cashes, you know, and, and then you win some money. Good for you. Uh, but you enter in a free contest, and you win, whether it's, you know, $500 or $100 or maybe it's a bulk dollars that you could spend at pregame.com to then get other best bets. Either way, it's free. Just sign up for free. Uh, but if you want to purchase something at pregame.com or maybe you'd like to make your bulk dollars stretch, how about this deal? 20% off anything you'd like on the website. That's our gift to you, our prize for you, the listener. Promo code is prize 20 P-R-I-Z-E, prize 20, gets you 20% off at pregame.com. Take advantage of this today because I'm telling you, there's going to be a lot of best bets coming up over the dog days of summer. No, 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 no. We got CFL action. We got baseball action. We have nonstop action at pregame.com. UFC, you can just get it all. NFL win totals are moving. Oh, baby. Got to get the good numbers. Yes, sir. Prize 20. 20% off at pregame.com. For Mackenzie Rivers and A.J. Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. We are straight out of Vegas AM.